0: Technisha.
1: Good afternoon everyone. Good afternoon. I'm glad to be joining you again with so of the bright side with Technisha. It is a pleasure to actually be here again. Yes, it is. It's a cold day in Lella. But we're gonna survive it. Yes, we are. Um But at the moment while I wait for my guest Because I don't want to give an introduction just yet Until he's actually on I'm just going to hit you with some music And we'll have him on just shortly So we can get this interview going And get it cracking Because I know this is an interesting topic That many of you probably wondering what's going on about You know I always come with the best of the best So I'll hit you with music And then we'll be right back after that Doesn't make
2: sense now Shit just got real, things are getting intense now. I hear you talking about we a lot, oh, you speak French now. Giving me the time, so I gotta take a hint now. I hit you up like, do you wanna hang right now? On the east side, and you know I'm with the gang right now. They do, I own a watch, do I know what time it is right now yeah. It's after 2am and that's asking a lot of you right now All she talking about is come and see me for us Come and see me for us You don't ever come to me You don't ever come to me All she ever says come and see me for us Come and see me for us You don't ever come to me. You don't ever come to me. I've been up for two whole days thinking what I did to keep you going. Thumbing through the voicemails that you left me, telling me where I went wrong. I'll admit I'm sorry when I feel I'm truly sorry. Things change, people change, feelings change too. Never thought the circumstances would have changed you. You said you never traded no. And yeah, you, you said that, you said that. And I believed you when they told me don't. Yeah, I thought you meant it, thought you meant it, thought you meant it. Well, either way, you're still invited, and I can't even
1: love you. I swear these days all you say is come and see me for once, come and see me for
2: once, you don't ever come to me, you don't ever come to me, how she hit me with is come and see me for once, come and see me for once, oh. y'all don't ever come to me, y'all don't ever come to me, why you gotta start girl, why you gotta start, I know we make time for the things that we want, I know you got another nigga tryna play the part, Cause he got a heart, don't mean he got a heart Could be standing in the field and he still ain't in the field If anything should change, then I thought we had a deal Lately you keep questioning what you get out the deal Doing things to make me feel the way I make it feel How hard is it to let you know when I'm coming home That way you could be prepared, maybe take a couple sick days and not miss pay. I don't even know what things are looking like inside of your place I was decorated Thing is getting one-sided, I can't even lie to you right now Yeah, yeah. all she talking about is come and see me for once Come and see me for once Y'all never come to me Y'all never come to me Yeah, all she hit me with is come and see me for once Come and see me for once You don't ever come to me Y'all never come to me
0: All right,
1: everybody. We're back. Played you one song, as I promised. So now I'm back in the house. Um, How's everyone feeling this afternoon? I hope you're feeling blessed because I know I certainly am. Did my personal development, my affirmations feel really wonderful, but I need to go back because I let negativity get into me, so I definitely need to go back and uh, listen to some more personal development. But anyhow, you know I always have the best of the best when it comes to my shows. I'm not doing a live. I I was gonna do a live, but I said this time I just want you guys to make sure that you're actually tuning in instead of giving you the actual footage and letting you see me on live. No, I want you to not be lazy and I want you to actually listen. So if you're listening to the replay, make sure you tell your mom, your dad, whomever. And I appreciate all my supporters for definitely being there for me. But I want to start off like this. You know, almost half of American households. Help someone seeking mental health treatment according to the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Also, 7 in 10 Americans take prescription drugs and the use of antidepressants is skyrocketing. And this is a report from the Mayo Clinic. And according to Time Magazine, a Harris 2017 poll found that only a third of Americans said they were happy by meaning and achieve happiness by employing facts, reason, faith, and deep introspection. So, without further ado, I definitely would love to bring Joseph Rain on. Joseph, how are you today? Where where are we calling in from? Mm. Hi, Tanisha.
3: I'm actually calling you from London. Can you actually hear me?
1: I can. I can hear you, and I love the accent. I'm totally digging the accent, man. Yes, I hear you now.
0: Thank
1: you. (laughs) It's an honor. It's an honor. um, to have you on the show, and it's more welcoming Likewise. to know that you can have the show and be in the comfort of wherever you want to be. I'm in Georgia, you all the way in Europe, and see, we're still able to connect, but I, I appreciate for the book being sent to me. I definitely um, had a well-read uh, book here in my hands, and this is just book one. There's about five more of this one, um, so I can't wait till I get my hands on all of them. But I want to ask you, <laughs> Joseph, um, why do you say that even the great thinkers of our time have found the way to a greater understanding of life?
3: Well, what I'm actually saying, Akanisha, uh, is that, you know, we have really, we have so many fantastic experts uh, in every field of, you know, science, philosophy, religion, um spirituality just any field possible but what we are lacking is a holistic approach because i think really you know we've gathered i believe so much knowledge so we know a lot these days but i feel we understand very little and that's because we are not connecting the knowledge from various fields and uh you know, consolidating it to find the best possible solution. So although we have a lot of experts in each individual field, this is what I'm saying is we are not getting the overall benefit from that because we should really be, you know, connecting more, you know, science with religion, with spirituality, with philosophy, with psychology, with everything we know. This is what actually I've been, I've been trying to say, you know, keep in mind, mm-hmm. It's taken me, you know, I've been on this journey for 37 years. And uh, uh, what's really come out of this journey is that uh, we need to take what we know, um, really understand it, and then apply it responsibly, efficiently, and for a meaningful, meaningful experience. And we, we're not doing this. And this is what I was trying to say. I hope I'm making some sense.
1: No, you're making a you're making a lot of you're making a lot of sense. Um, this is very knowledgeable. So okay, so we got educated leaders who got all these pillars of the knowledge, but somewhere pillars of knowledge we got a to turn them into responsible and practical solutions that's beneficial. And mm, so are we still on the Americanized traditions of everything instead of being holistic?
3: I'm sorry, could you just repeat this i I can't hear it too well, you know
1: oh, oh, I'm sorry, joseph, so it seems that so it seems like we're just caught up on the American way of traditions of ways that we learn you know the book sense way instead of going the way that she was talking about the holistic way I mean, um,
3: yes. Uh, you know, what is this technician? Look, we are just a modern society seems to be obsessed with the mind, you know, with IQ, right. with data processing. You know, you listen to someone like, I don't know, Sam Harris, Jordan Peterson, very popular in America. You know, they'll tell you that uh, IQ is the best predictor of long-term success. I just mm-hmm. totally disagree because, you know, you take, any, you take any situation and you will see that... Uh, Emotional intelligence, you know, uh, just plays such a much bigger role than just straightforward IQ. And, you know, these guys will give you figures. They will say, for example, I don't know, a U.S. military basically did a huge research and they found that, you know, anybody with IQ below 83 cannot do perform any jobs in, in the military. And then they'll say, well, you know, 10% of Americans have an IQ below 83. So we must conclude there are no jobs for these people. And that's just ridiculous Uh, because, you know, what IQ tests show is that, you know, um, for let's say for lower, for simple jobs, uh, IQ is a good predictor for how fast you will learn a particular job, but not how well you will do. You will do it. Mm. Obviously, for more complicated jobs like, uh, you know, being a computer engineer or a programmer or stuff like that. Yes, you know, IQ matters. But I mean, let me just give you one example. Like, you know, take it off the streets. You know, why did why did somebody pull a trigger and shoot another person? Is it because his IQ is low, or is it because He was emotionally involved, you know, and this is why I'm saying Mm -hmm. to these people: just take any, take any daily situations. It's emotional intelligence. It's not IQ that plays such a high role, you know. This is just an example for you. Yeah.
1: Right, right. I know. I got you. I understand you, definitely, Joseph. Yes. Um, Your book is so deep. If I can can just say.
3: Yeah, if I can just say don't this, me, like you know, yeah, we we you know we we know emotional intelligence is such a problem, and w- mm-hmm. w- what are we doing? We have all these psychologists, you know. Today, I mean, just like the things you were mentioning at the beginning, you know, happiness, uh, uh, people seeking, uh, uh, being addicted to drugs and everything. What are we doing, like for emotional for emotional problems? You have psychologists and you f- have pharmaceutical drugs. So both of them, right. the drugs and the psychologists, are treating the effects, you know, once the turmoil has already hit our families. Why are we not teaching, you know, emotional intelligence at school to actually uh, tackle the causes uh, uh, rather than just, again, treating the effects? This is just such a crazy and devastating uh, lack of. I don't know, understanding, as I would say, again, we know a lot, we understand very little, because otherwise we would be dealing with prevention rather than treating the effects. Hmm.
1: Well said, Joseph, well said. But as you, um, I was thinking a little bit with that first question, um, just understanding life in general, that all of our perceptions are, we perceive everything differently, everybody's reality is different. I can go outside right yes. now, and I can go outside right now and see that a car is burning. I perceive that it's burning. Someone's hurt and injured, but someone else might be looking at it differently. Be like, okay, the car is burning. No one's probably in there. It's just burning. It's going. They're okay. All right. You know. So everybody takes everything for um, perceiving it differently. Everybody's reality is totally uh, different from one another. But um, no, I thought, I definitely understand where you were finding. Do you consider yourself a philosopher?
3: You know, I'm, I'm, I'm as much of a philosopher as I am a scientist, as I am a religious person, as I am a spiritual person. As you said, you know, reality is so relative, and uh, it just depends which angle you want to look from. Most of all at the Kinesia, you know, I mean, the way the way I started was at age 15 when doctors basically told me there was no cure for my for my illness. And, you know, I was like, you know, what are you talking about? I mean, you're grownups, you know, you're supposed to know everything, you know, and suddenly there you are, a 15 year old kid realizing that, you know, you're in this terrible pain. The grown-ups have got no solutions, and, you know, one of the doctors, I was lucky, pulled me aside, and he said, listen, you should go to the library. You know, there was no internet those days, which is difficult to imagine these days, but and said, listen, you should start studying the power of the human mind, And, and I mean, that's all I had. You know, I went to the library. Pretty soon, I realized it wasn't the power of the mind. It was my emotions. And over the coming years, I just really, I had no choice but to, mm-hmm. you know, examine how our minds connect with our emotions, how they manifest in our bodies, and, you know, how we give everything a spiritual interpretation. And the conclusion I came to, I mean, the big discovery that I came to is that we literally co-create our world. As you say, you know, reality is, is relative. We are co-creating our own truth, you know, all the time basically when a lot of people experience the same reality we call it the truth but it's mm-hmm. it's just relative to every observer and you can address it you know in you know scientifically philosophically any way you want it uh i'm not going to go into details i have a lot of examples but you know i I'll, I'll put the word back to you and maybe we can evolve this conversation further
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> yes 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 that's okay, Joseph. Look, we, we can always have plenty of time. It can always be a part to this because it's very intriguing to learn this stuff um, because this is this is sometimes it goes way over your head. This is not something you learn in school. Why even, not? Even it's the way, amazing that it, you look it at,
3: don't,
1: yeah. it is because this is, like you said, first steps of discovery. That's self-explanatory, who we are. That's always been a major question, who we are. And that goes farther than just saying I'm a mom, I'm a dad, or I'm a sister or a brother. That's just small titles. But who we are, that takes a step back to really self-evaluating ourselves. We're undergoing our own personal experiences, of course. We're getting out of the reality of what someone else's reality might be, but the way we perceive reality to be. So, oh, th- yeah, it is. It's really deep, deeper than that. I, that's why I love, I love the topic. The unfinished book about who we are. Nobody can really answer that. As been, as been intelligent human beings, I don't think we can really sit down and say who we actually are without having that self-awareness.
3: Yes. You see, mo- most people, as you said, when you ask them who I, am, they will tell you. Most of them will tell you, like you know, I'm a dad, exactly. Or they'll tell you the job they do. You know, they'll say, oh, I'm a policeman, I'm a doctor, and I'm saying, but look, that's just a role you're playing. This is not who you are. Uh, you know, it goes it goes so so much deeper. And you know, for the purpose, I mean, I mean, this theory of who we are has, as I said, with me, it evolved over like 37 years. And for the for the purpose of examining it, I necessarily had to uh, segment who we are into the uh, 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 physical, which is like the body, the emotional, which is our emotions, our feelings, into uh, intellectual, which is basically the mind, and into the spiritual, which is the so-called metaphysical aspect of our beingness, which is like, you know, our faith, our thoughts, uh, and, and all this kind of stuff. And I mean, let's just take the mind for for example, like you know, or the so-called self. Uh, you know, what is the self? I- I'm moving very quickly now, by the way, technician, so you can pick me up on any of these uh, uh, sentences I say. This the self, the so-called self, is basically just a flow of awareness, as you said. You know, at the center of it is is awareness, and the science today is trying to convince us that it's everything in the mind. And I'm saying, look, you know, the mind, if you really go into it, you will see that the mind is just like a sort of a control panel. Obviously, it has the power of deliberation. It has the power of free will. Huge topic these days because there's a lot of people trying to convince us we don't have free will. But I'm saying you know, the mind is really heavily influenced by what happens in our emotions. I believe our emotional intelligence is the biggest weakness right now. Uh, so the mind is also very heavily influenced by the body, the physical self, and obviously it's very heavily influenced by the spiritual interpretation, which, you know, we are more and more searching, you know, for the meaning of life or the purpose of life. But, you know, we are searching for it and nobody is really, you know, somehow they believe they will find all the answers in the mind. And this is what I'm saying, like, you know, we are just filling ourselves with data. We know a lot, but we understand very little, and if you want to pick me up on any of those things, you know, then we can go deeper into any particular
1: subject. Right. Um, I think you even say that in your book that about the fact that all knowledge is, all the knowledge is ultimately based on hypothesis. Everything that we learn, because we don't know exactly what is to be true when it comes to spirituality, or just as in religious beliefs, we don't, we don't know. We only know what we're taught or what we Google or find up in a book.
3: Yes. uh, uh, Exactly. I mean, like, if I can just get stuck into this thing, you know, I mean, religion is, if we could just all agree that religion is essentially about faith, not about knowing, all sorts Uh of things come out of it, you know. first, First of all, we should immediately find consensus between all religious people Uh, (laughs) if we could just agree that religion is essentially about faith, not about knowledge. Uh, The second interesting thing is like, you know, as you said before, awareness, you know, what are we actually proposing? I mean, again, you know, uh, let's just take religion for an example. You know, what, what are we actually, I I like talking about religion, you know, because uh, half of my family is Muslim. The other is Catholic. Then there's Orthodox, there's Jewish, you know, I have, I have every religion in the world in my family, so it's like I'm the perfect person to talk about it, including Buddhism, Hinduism, everything. And I say to people, you know, what are you actually proposing to me? What you know, what you are proposing to me is like this all powerful, all everywhere present, all knowing being and you know, you have to understand what you're saying, all powerful, you know, first of all there's like 100,000 light years just our galaxy, yeah, from one side to the other. And, you know, there is trillions, trillions of galaxies out there. So what you're saying to me that this being just, you know, can take one galaxy, put it over there, you know, shift it over here, and at the same time you're telling me that he cares about how many sugars you had in your coffee this morning. You know, let's get this straight, yeah. Because I, I also want to understand what you are proposing. And the same goes, you know. I, I don't want to have a go at religion because I, I, I love all this stuff. The same goes for science. They make, you know, contradictory, uh, contradictory points all the time. The same goes for philosophy. Uh, I would say the closest we sort of get to truth is perhaps through spirituality, which is also the oldest the oldest of the world doctrines uh, you know then came uh, religion and philosophy, and you know, the last one then was scientific knowledge and unless you what I'm actually doing in the book, I'm looking for credible theories about the world and about who we are. And these theories have to comply. You know, they need scientific explanation, they need a philosophical explanation, they need a religious explanation, and they need a spiritual explanation. And all these explanations must be credible.
2: Hmm.
1: Yes, they must, yes, they must uh, be, because you got to follow with some type of evidence behind them. But I want to ask you too, Joseph, your life experiences give you a unique understanding of the mysteries of the universe.
3: Yeah. One of the things that uh, I, the experience I had from the age 15 onwards, uh, because I was experiencing all this this pain, you know, basically what my illness was, if I can explain very quickly, I was... My body was responding to just everything I sensed, thought, said, or did. You know, what you, what you don't realize, like just now when you're talking to me, there are millions of processes going on in the background with your emotions, which are transpiring physically in your body. And with me, anything I did, I would get extreme pain. So I needed to learn how to, uh, uh, how to manage this pain so that it didn't manifest as. As pain, basically. So, what I had to do, I had to pay attention to everything I was doing. You know, if if I was a little bit angry, I would have. Oh, I'm getting angry now. Uh, if I was, if I if I tried to tell a lie, I said, Oh, I'm gonna tell a lie now. It's gonna be pain. You know, and because I basically spent from 15 to about the age 35, when I really started to uh, uh, start controlling this illness, in total concentration. I was just, my awareness must have been just really, really there. Or, you know, if I had no awareness in any moment, I would just be in pain. So I was really aware of everything that goes on. And there were a lot of realizations that came out of that, which basically took five books (laughs) to explain because, you know, I can get into this, you know, just just take anything. You know, people, look, look, take the most popular one. People will tell me, will tell you, you know, I have no time. And I'm saying, well, Time is the only thing you have because, you know, what we basically call life, which I call living because life is a totally different thing. Living is essentially Uh an amount of time we've been been given. That's all living is. So, you know, when people say, I'm going to work, I'm going to work for money. I'm saying, you're not working for money. You're working for time. You know, you're working for the quality of your time. This is the amount of time you've been given. And now you just got to work on the quality, and you know these are the kind of realizations that come to you. I mean, I can give you the whole line of these realizations, and then I went into them and researched them, and just tried to. I was the reason it took me so long because all these a thousand different pieces they needed to synergize one with another and become really consistent, and this is what it's missing, you know, between these different. Bodies of knowledge these days. There is no consistency. One will say like this. The other will say like that in my books Everything started to synergize about five to ten years ago And that's when I decided you know, I will actually put it down because it's starting to make sense
1: At Each of your books well, is bringing that self-awareness because as we walk around we still think subconsciously Subconsciously uh, most of the time we're still functioning like that um and as far as it exactly, goes yeah. with time, of course, of course, as it goes with time, Just we know we can't never get that back at all.
3: Uh, exactly. But, but what I'm saying, you know, people like to say we don't have time. I mean, it's all we essentially have. And we are paying, you know, we everything we do, we're basically paying with time, basically, you know. And, uh, uh, I mean, another really interesting one, I mean, I love talking about this stuff is... Uh, When I ask, uh, let me ask you this, because this is a good personal experience, and then, you know, we can get into a bit more. What would you say is the only certainty in this world?
1: In this world? Wow. That is a good question. Yes, one
3: certainty that everything else comes out from. (laughs) Interesting question, isn't it? What? You know, because people that will tell you the right. only certainty is death, or I don't know what, like, you know. What do you think okay. that's one well, yeah, thing that's absolutely
1: certain? The world. What? That is an interesting... Uh, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Can I... Yeah. <laughs> Can I expand yeah, on right this? Ahead, just, I, mean, I, I mean, as far as yeah, death, I, I was going to say religion, but We can't really say religion because everybody's on the same page when it comes to religion, but...
3: You see, the only certainty on this world is change, yeah? If there was... I mean, imagine a static universe. If it was a static universe, you know, there would would be nothing, yeah? There would be no reality. Reality actually comes from change. It comes from movement. And, you know, you look at it scientifically, you know, uh, to the smallest bits the you know virtual fields and forces everything is basically unstable it's in constant change constantly changing constantly moving and you know you, we cannot imagine a, a static universe because you know you're thinking about it so automatically change happens and once you understand that the only certainties change you know you can suddenly the world starts looking totally different because for example the way we comprehend change in biological beings we actually call it aging you know so people will tell you oh i'm aging i'm getting old but at the same time they don't realize getting old is a concept that we've created in the head you know nature doesn't get old i mean nature just keeps changing that's all it knows and when the change is huge we call it transformation so look how you could look at living in a different way so you could say change is inevitable getting old is a choice while death it's simply a transformation into the unknown i mean how does that change our view of reality you know for me you know i think about it all the time and it's just you know so different because people will tell you oh you know it's all about life and death which is not true because it's about birth and death. Right. And uh, suddenly death is not a certainty. It's only a transformation in the, into the unknown. We simply don't know, you know. <laughs> so my right. word is very exciting. Uh, That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> right, but
1: you do agree, um, Joseph, you do agree that um, your your thoughts can actually change. Um, I know we are on the fact that reality that your thoughts can actually change Reality, because I feel like to change the world with your thoughts, you gotta, you gotta think with, with that coherent intention. You gotta think the same thing every day. You gotta, you gotta definitely believe in your thoughts. Your actions gotta match your thoughts.
3: Look, let's look at it, as I said, I mean, every, every everything I talk about, I, I, I want to have uh, some kind of, a, uh, you know, uh, proof behind it, like uh, or some sense or some logic or whichever you want to call it. So we know a lot about the brain now that we actually know that 70%, you know, 70% of our synapses connections are changing every day. You know, who's changing them? We, we are basically changing them. Not only that, we know today that uh, only about 20 to 30 percent of who we are is genetically decided. The rest is environment and the strongest Mm -hmm. part of environment is within ourselves. You know, we can literally reprogram our genes so we reprogramming with everything we do. We're reprogramming our brains. We're reprogramming our genes So we are a result of our decisions so yeah, sure. You know, our thoughts are the the most important aspect of our environment. Not just our thoughts, our emotions. You know, that's why I'm saying. You know, emotions are far older than the uh, the, uh, the mind because the mind actually came to be with the prefrontal cortex, which is about estimated about 20 million years back. Whereas our emotional self, obviously, it wasn't controlled before. It's just been there for millions and millions and millions of years, and You know, I needed to explore my emotional self. And every day I'm looking at the people, you know, saying, look, you know, right now, you know, what you're doing, I don't know, you just like, uh, for example, uh, a friend of mine, she's just really, really emotional. You tell her anything. And I said, listen, you know, you got to work on that. She said, oh, no, no, you know, I can work on this. It's just the way I am, you know. And she's been saying this for 10 years now. And I'm saying, listen, you can change, you know, who you are. because." You know, as I said, if if the only certain look look how look how it connects now. If the only certainty in the world is change, you have either two options: either you're growing or you're declining. There are the only two options. I mean, st- uh, stagnation is just a slower way of a decline. So we are beings designed for growth. And if you know this is your only option, why would you want to choose? Anything else, because you are, after all, you know, we are intelligence, self-aware beings. We are not just aware. We are aware of being aware. What does it mean? It just raises the question of responsibility, our ability to respond to situations. So, obviously, you want to respond in a way that's most favorable to you. You know, in the books, I've I've developed the whole theories about that, uh, basically, how nature is teaching us right from wrong. Again, you know, huge theories. I know I'm going all over the place now, but <laughs> well, there's just that's so okay, much Joseph. to say. And, yeah,
1: no, that's so many right.
3: interesting, that's interesting right. discoveries. <laughs> I, yeah. Please go right, ahead. Because
1: we've got to definitely, get, we definitely got to get understanding that. and um, We're going to take a short break, and we're going to come back with Joseph, more questions. So definitely stay tuned. Do not touch that dial, we'll be right back after
0: this. Thought it was over? Not yet. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Log talk, talk Radio, baby.
3: Listen, my life changed because someone was there to get me to use drugs. No one can understand. Whether or not they've struggled with addiction themselves, people seem to think that having someone who will listen is going to help make it better. I'm realizing that I... I need help. I'm listening. I need help. I'm realizing that I think that having someone who will listen is going to help make it better. Whether or not they've struggled with addiction themselves, people seem to understand. No one can get me to use drugs. My life changed because someone was there to listen.
0: One in seven Americans will struggle with addiction during their lifetime. Want to know how you can help? Go to heretolisten.com for tips and tools to help turn addiction around. A public service announcement brought to you by the Ad Council.
1: All right, we're back with with Joseph Ryan, who is the author of Book One. There's more to this. The Book One is an unfinished book about who we are, and it's the first step to self-discovery. So it's a little deeper of discovering yourself than saying that you're a teacher or a husband or a wife. Um, now, we also discussed about the fact of the key, um, what we believe the key to an individual, gain the great awareness of happiness in their life. Of course, just knowing yourself, who we truly are, that's got to be the most important task of every individual. That takes some self-evaluation, of course. Um, but when it comes to your book, Joseph, what is the central focus of your book? Well, the central focus of the book priest. is,
3: well, it is basic, as I said, researching who we are and, uh, th- th- and uh, how to then, okay, to basically, um, to say, to define who we are, we have to get all the way down through the various, just about every theory there is to the ultimate theory, which I believe is asking the question, why is there something Rather than nothing, you know, and this is the biggest question across all uh, all all doctrines you know obviously religion will say you know it all starts with God, science will call it virtual fields and forces philosophy philosophy will call it some um potential uh, in, in in spiritual in spirituality they they you know they they see it as some kind of a, a inner experience reaching the stillness, the silence within. And then, you know, I build up right from the, from the, from the, from the core of our understanding of why there is something rather than nothing, all the way up to, to, to who we are. And the reason I call the book unfinished, because ultimately, you know, I can give the various theories, the informations, the interpretations, but ultimately, everyone has to form their own opinion. If you ask me, you know, I have a very short definition of who we are, and that is, we are the infinite potential for the co-creation of uh, reality. And obviously, I will have to go all the way back now to explain this, and this would take basically takes books. Um, I'm sorry, I got a little bit lost now because you did ask me a question which you wanted me to answer.
1: No, that's that's okay, though, Joseph. We're on the right track. That's the that's one thing about our love because it's not scripted. It's just comes straight from the it's coming straight from the heart. That's that's all I for And this is your truth on what you think of how we should be discovering ourselves. So I love it. Um, so with the traumatic events that have happened in your life, why do you think those sometimes lead to a better outlook? and a deeper understanding of who we are.
0: <sighs>
3: Look, um, you know, when things are good, you're holding hands, you're strolling down the, the beach and you're only love, or, you know, when just things are good, you don't really wonder too much about, um, you know, the big questions about life. You know, we are just in our search for happiness and meaning of life. We sort of got uh, stuck into this, Uh, addiction to pleasure I would say Um, but when it's in times of pain and suffering and deep introspection when we really get in touch with ourselves and when we really are pushed to find the answers because after all we have this instinct to survive it's so in 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 times of tragedy that people come to amazing discoveries and when we make you know, we really take huge leaps forward, and you know, luckily enough, <laughs> if you want to call it, you know, I've had these tragedies sort of coming to me every five to 10 years, and uh, it's just been an amazing experience. I wouldn't change anything, as I said, beginning with the illness at the age 15, then 10 years later, my younger brother committing a suicide. Then again, 10 years later, getting involved, uh, you know, uh, being hit by big recessions. And again, uh, I found myself in the middle of a lot of companies taking, uh, being responsible for a lot of people having to deal with their tragedy and everything. It's just been an interesting up and down. So uh, it really gets you to think, to address some of the questions that I I otherwise just wouldn't, you know.
1: I'm gonna have to. I definitely gonna have to agree with you on that because you don't see the world as the same as a person who went through a traumatic experience. You're not gonna. You're not gonna right. think that it's cool and it's cool. It kind of reminds me of my children. They don't see. They see everything like it's supposed to be cookies and cream and cherry and strawberries on top. But out here in the <laughs> yes, outside, yes. the cruel people who don't care anything about you who will make you feel who will make you feel like you're the scum of the earth, but but you really see, and to me, pain makes you really see true colors of how people react to you when you're going through something. Exactly. You really see who's there for you. Right. You see who's there actually for you. Um, It gives you, like you said, it gives you that deeper understanding of the way things really are, okay, this is the way. It takes you into a mental state. Okay, I understand now. This is how it actually laid out. This is not... Because we choose to live inside of a box. We don't step out. We step outside that box. It's a whole different world. So the ones who don't see that and who can't cope with the pain and the traumatic experiences, they're living inside of a box. They haven't chosen to step out. Because outside of that box, that's where you're going to see the reality. The stuff's going to hit the fan then. Okay, this is what it really is. This is the stuff that everybody was talking about. Um, And I think that's the exactly. only thing. And it yeah. it does make Having that pleasure, makes, it does. It makes you lazy. It keeps you cope. You're in your comfort yes. zone because you don't, need else. So I I do agree with and you all a... the way with that, Joseph. Um yeah. But um, since we did talk about pro creating, we can say that people can, you you can create your own reality. Um, is are there consequences to you creating your own uh, reality?
3: I mean, there's always. I mean, I mean, we live in a in a world. Uh, of cause and effect so there are always consequences and there are always causes uh what i'm saying is that uh, you know it's th- this is what i'm saying yeah you cannot always control what happens in the world but you can always control how re- you react to what happens in the world yeah so yeah you know i'm as you said before, uh, beautifully, did uh, you, you just say talking about a car that's burning? You know, you can see it this way or you can see it that way. You know, when someone says, Oh, Joe, you're just a bloody idiot because you don't understand anything, you know, I can say, Oh, blah, 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 or I can just say, Look, it's your opinion. You know, I respect it. You know, I believe I'm not an idiot. And uh, it's just totally our choice. And uh, if I can just add, you know, when you look at politics, it's you know the first people who need to go and get some education is our politicians and our leaders, because you know this would make the world far, far nicer place to live
1: <laughs> right 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 um and you're so right about that, um I definitely do believe in that because we have talked about it on my affirmations calls it you know, and it would be nice if we had that unlimited power to change things but like you said, we don't have that total control over our life. Other people have free will and make decisions based upon their own needs and um, predilections, and we delude ourselves if we think we can actually control the choices and environmental forces that affect us. That's why I do. I, I love my children. Um, sometimes I believe that they create – they feel that they probably create all the bad things that happen around them. Like, for instance, if, if your parents divorce, <laughs> they, they you you think that they're – You'll think that you're responsible for it at a young age, Oh, okay, I caused my parents to divorce um it, it you know it, it's amazing how I think it really is, and if we I believe that if we make the following small adjustment in the belief that we create our own reality, then we come closer to a truth and we often participate in creating our own reality. This view recognizes that often we're not helpless victims at all we're no. Not. No, absolutely. Yeah, up. I mean, there are no victims.
3: <laughs> now we're all just on a path, learning and growing. You know, it's a continuously evolving path. I mean, if I can just change the direction slightly, you know, there are some guys. You know, guys like Sam uh, Sam Harris, very popular in the states. Yes, you know, he's even written a book about free will, and he's arguing why we don't have it. It's just so annoying because you know i spend you know i've I've designed my life to i have all the time in the world to just study and listen to different people and just learn and learn and learn i would love to debate one of those guys because you know the people they get on their podcast and everything they just don't have the answers you know these guys have good arguments but these arguments if you just really have some knowledge you can easily dismiss them and I would love to tell the people, listen, you know, we do have a free will. This is how how it arises. This is what you can do with it. And these are the consequences. And, uh, yeah, so if you have an opportunity, do put my name down for it. <laughs>
1: exactly. All the way, Joseph, all the way. And I, we can accept what life brings us. And there is a, um, there's a difference when it comes to being responsible as you uh, mentioned earlier, you know, we we could be responsible for what happens to us, and then there's a difference to being responsible to what happens. So very, yeah. very interesting. We are response-able.
3: Yeah, we are response-able beings. That's what responsibility is.
1: Yeah. Now, Joseph, when it comes to self-discovery and self-awareness, are those two always positive?
2: Uh, what
3: what a lot of people will tell you when they step on, I, I don't like using this word spirituality because it's just a word, you know, and we have to separate between words, which are just pointers. But let me say like, you know, a lot of people will tell you when they step on this point, they do have a sort of a kickback where like for a while they will go through a negative uh, you know, side effects and then it will get better and again negative and it get better. And I'm saying to people, look, this is what happens because, you know, as I said before, we are so hooked on pleasure. We are like living, you know, people will tell you, like, make goals and follow them, like, you know, so we are like really into, yeah. into goals and reaching them and, you know, no wonder people yeah. can never find true happiness because you cannot find true happiness through goals because as soon as you get as soon as you achieve a goal, you need to go another goal and another goal and another goal and you're forever searching. When really but when you step on the path of self discovery, you essentially dealing with the self. Now there's a really interesting thing with the self. You are always right here, right now. You know, there's nowhere you can go. There's nothing to achieve. There's no one to become except being who you truly are right here, right now. And a lot of people find this shocking because they are so used to going somewhere. You know, people travel to India, you know what I'm saying? Listen, you don't have to go to India to be with yourself. You can be with yourself right here, right now. So just to answer your question very briefly, it's, yeah, this, is, this is the big shock to people, you know, when because they just literally started dealing with themselves, and there is no getting away from yourself. It can be a bit shocking, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, so Joseph, let me make sure I understand this. So, okay, it, are you saying is it okay to actually have a goal, or or is not? Because I hear what you're saying that the fact that when we do create these goals, okay, you 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 accomplish that, then we got another goal. So. All during your life, you just got an entire list of all these goals. You're, you're creating this long-term vision. The more you create these goals, and because uh, they say having no goals is like going on a trip without a map. But Absolutely. your understanding of it, it's, it's okay to have the goals, but you still need that self-discovery part of it to find out who you actually are in order to create that goal. Am I, am I getting it correct? Yeah. Because I just want to make sure, because you're right, we do hear that a lot. Set goals, set goals. You hear from Tony Robbins. You hear from um, who else? C D Jake, all the to set goals, set goals, and like, okay, I don't set goals. Do I suck for not setting goals? But now that you're going deeper, you also got to have a self discovery of yourself before you set these goals. Um, Matt Joseph you have <laughs> opened my eyes Because it's like, okay. Now, I can go back and say, look, it's okay to set them goals, but you also got to reevaluate your own self before you set these goals. Because you got to know yourself inside deeply before you set these goals. Because you could just be saying goals all day, and mm, they're not even pertaining to who you actually are. They're just goals. Wow. Oh, exactly. My, this does yeah. really.
3: We are, I mean, this they are goals really... designed to give us pleasure, yeah, that, that's that's what we're doing with these goals, and I mean, I love Anthony Robbins, I have been a huge, huge fan of him all my life, I've read, you know, some of his books, the, the, the initial books, uh, uh, um, Ultimate Power, and what was it, Awaken the Giant Within, but no, technician, uh, uh, like yes, of course we need goals, but what I'm saying is understand what goals are, that, that, that's what they are, they are just stops on a path, yeah, Uh because we live in a dimension defined by space and time, which are basically limited. So we are limited by space and time, but who we are is totally unlimited. And you know, people always ask me, what do you mean by that? I'm saying, but look, well, tell me, how big is your imagination? You know, where does it start and where does it end? How big is your potential? Right you know, suddenly we're dealing with infinite infinite things. And I'm saying to people, you know, to imagine infinity, our mind is limited, is finite. So something as limited as a mind has very hard time comprehending something unlimited like infinity. So we are mixing these two. So we, we are living in a limited world but ultimately, we ourselves are who we, are, who we truly are, are unlimited. So we have to uh, 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 combine these two. So, yes, I'm saying, no, by all means, have goals, but understand what goals are. And what we are doing, Just to, just to be very clear about this, you see, we are having goals in our search for pleasure. This is the problem. We are finding... Okay. We are looking for we are looking for happiness in pleasure. So let's you know when I'm gonna get that car, when I'm gonna get that boy or girl, when I'm gonna get married, when I'm gonna get that house, and these are goals. And we are essentially Why? looking for pleasure. What is pleasure? Pleasure is what we love. What is pain? Pain pain is our fears. So ultimately, it's all about love and fear. These are the only two emotions from which every other emotions come. So we are looking for things we love and we are trying to avoid everything we fear and who is doing this us the infinite infinite beings with no end are doing this and this is where the problem comes we so we find that pleasure and then you know after a week after two weeks after two years i'm not saying how long the pleasure subsides and once again we're in pain so we're searching for another goal some more pleasure so what i'm suggesting is instead of looking for meaning of life in pleasure, we need to start looking for pleasure in meaningful things. And meaningful things, the first thing you realize is they include pleasure and pain. And let me just give you, let let me just give you an example. Uh, Parenting, you know, you have children, you mentioned them, Uh, you know, I can tell you what parenting is and you, you know, parenting is you know is having children but and you know there will be pain and there will be pleasure but the meaning the meaning of being a parent you know pain and pleasure will come and they will go children will leave and they will have their own life but the actual meaning of being a parent will stay with you forever and this is what I'm saying, we need to exchange our our pleasure for meaningful things and meaning automatically it includes contribution, it includes exchanging goals for a path and it necessarily requires us to go within. You cannot find meaning in the outer world, you can only find it within by being who you truly are. You know, as Corny, as we say in England, as this sounds. When you truly think about it, it is the only way, you know, to go within and find your meaning. Sorry, I'm gonna pass it back to you now. I hope I I made some sense oh, in all this.
1: No, no, Joseph. Oh man, this is really that was really deep. It was because that went beyond. And you're right. A goal is pleasure. Okay, I want that car. I want that house. that's pleasure. Oh, my, and all this leads to the accumulation of self-knowledge, which self-knowledge goes back to identifying what we know about ourselves. Oh, my, oh. And and, and ultimately, it's where we focus our attention that will determine where we, where we go in life. Wow. Exactly. All this, this is powerful. I'm, I'm definitely, I don't know about you guys, but I'm definitely listening to this replay over again because now, it's like okay, I really want to go deeper than just writing a bunch of goals down and say okay, I want this house, I want this car, I want to hit this point in my in my um, business. Wow! Oh, all the oh, I love it. Yes, I do. <laughs> I do. Um, yeah, and you and you see so the so trap because you know every
3: time you get your goal, right. every time you realize your goal, you have to go for another one. So right, unless you, you move do. onto a path. But with meaningful you stuff, that's, you know, the meaning you got from having children, you don't have to exchange that for another goal. It's going to stay. The meaning is going to stay with you forever.
1: Right. I'm still going to be a parent. Right. Exactly. And that's why I said that self-awareness, that's why it leads to that self-knowledge to me. Um, and, of course, we know self-knowledge is essential for making a decision about our own life and which roads to actually travel down. My self-knowledge, I know I'm a mom. Gonna be my role forever. I'm always gonna be a parent. Wow! Thank you, Joseph, exactly. for that. I love it. Uh, yes. Um, what, Joseph? What do you think of the old saying, "Ignorant is bliss"? Oh,
3: uh, yeah. This is a beautiful one. Look, we are, as I said, <laughs>
0: let,
3: let's just let just let just combine some of the stuff we spoke about. The only certainty is change. You know. Uh, yes, this is a really difficult stuff for, for the religious people because you know we made a world of change and then we have this one book from two thousand years ago and it just really contradicts each other <laughs> like yeah. okay but let let's leave this now ignorance is a bliss you know we live in a world of change uh, we've just said we have to exchange goals for a path yeah and we have two choices yes, we have growth we have decline. Just take these three things. I'm not going to go any deeper. Suddenly you see that ignorance is not not a bliss because, you know, if what? you want to stagnate, choose ignorance. But stagnation is just a slower way of declining. You know, our only choice, we are intelligent, self-aware beings. Our only choice is growth. There is no other way. And I really want to go out there and tell people, okay, look, you know, I see we are aging, yeah? And you can can see our bodies declining, you know? But, okay, emotionally, intellectually, and spiritually, we can continue growing. Okay, you can get an Alzheimer's. You can also get me on the intellectually. But emotionally and spiritually, we can continue to grow and expand. And we are all on this path so anyone who believes that ignorance is a bliss, sooner or later, they will have to get out of their little box because there just is no yeah. other way, you know. You can stay in your ignorance, stay in the box, and you're just wasting your life away because if there is any meaning to this life, it is to be discovered, you know. We should all be going out there discovering it, saying, uh-huh, this is this, this is that, what do I think about this? You know. Also, we are social beings, so we have to interact with other people. So again, what is better? To argue with everybody or to, you know, have a have a constructive communication? This is all part of growth. It's all part of of a path. Exactly. Ignorance, if you ask me, is just you know, evil waiting to manifest because evil right. you cannot be evil. Unless you're ignorant, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Think about this, yeah. So I would say that mm. the bad things that happen in the world are a result of ignorance. So if that's a bliss, then God help us. Like, okay.
1: wow, bad things happen because of ignorance. You know what? Because if you don't know, you don't know. You don't, and that's why, that's yes. why and I the believe mo- wars the- went on. Then oh, you d- you wasn't knowledgeable. And you that's know, if I can just say one thing.
3: One, one, if I can just say one thing here, you know, I'm really in favor of religion because you know, religion has done. It was just a necessary part of a path, especially if you look at back at history. I'm not going to go into details now, but uh, I I, I, I wanted to make a point. (laughs) But really, you know, religion, as everything else, is subject to change. We have to evolve, and there is just no other way. there just is no other way.
1: Right. Well, I agree, um, Joseph. I know we're coming to an end. I know my show just ended. And you are so right. And as we, to me, as we grow, we become more independent. We must develop an adult mind of our own. Otherwise, we're in big, big trouble. And as you said, when it comes to children, sometimes it's been apparent we protect our children from knowledge, which we might think is too much for them to bear, too confusing for their little mind process. Of course ignorance has a yeah. place in life for a while though. But you do have to learn and that made so much vibe because I never even thought about it like that. Bad stuff is happening because of ignorant things. And that might that is so true. That's something to ponder about. I want all my guests make sure you ponder about that. Um well we're gonna have another <laughs> show so because he got so much this, this conversation can go on for hours. We know that. But I'm going to definitely give Absolutely. you the truth of the day for my friend. All right, though, So that's what this show is all about. That's why I love what I do. I do, and I appreciate everybody for listening and staying tuned in. I want to give you my truth of the day from my friend Mary Ellen Siknovich, who was also a former guest on my show. Open your heart and share time with the people you care about. Become more in tune with your loving nature, as this will enrich all areas of your life. When you share with another person some aspect of your loving self, you create a space in your heart filled with unconditional love and admiration for them. Your relationships become a springboard for you to share love with others and also your community as a whole. Today, create a more loving environment for yourself <coughs> Excuse me, and everyone you encounter. Enjoy the day, everyone. I will see you the next time on A Bright Side with Technicia, and God bless.
0: Thanks for listening to the Bright Side with Technetia. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com.